So here we go from the cross to the throne. There's something that happened there from the cross to the throne. We know what happened at the cross as we saw this morning in our play. Matthew 27:50 talks about and Jesus cried out with a loud voice and the Bible says he yielded up his spirit. Uh, one, one translation says he breathed his last and that was it. He gave up his life. And then some 43 days later, over in Mark 16, 19, it says, So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, talking to his disciples, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father. So he gave his life on the cross, and then 43 days later, he was received up into heaven. I want to talk a little bit about one man that I think we can all relate to. He struggled. Anybody ever struggled? Maybe you have it. I know I have in life. And I want to point out just some struggles that this man had during this time. Matthew 26, looking at verse 31, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. The Bible says, Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered him and said, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. I kind of feel like at that point Jesus wanted to say, do you know the meaning of all? He said, assuredly, I say to you, this night, not only will all of you be made to stumble, but tonight, before the rooster crows, Peter, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And watch this now. And so said all the disciples. They all agreed. It wasn't just Peter. Now, I want to ask you a question this morning. And I want you to be honest, honest with yourself. Have you ever made a vow? Have you ever promised to do something and in your heart truly meant to do it, but didn't come through? I'm going to ask you this morning to, to lift your hand if, if that's you. You ever done that before? You don't have to be shy. No, I'm lifting my hands. Now I'm going to ask you, have you ever made a promise to God? You don't have to lift your hands on this one. You ever made a promise to God, that's the first part of it, wait for the second part, and not come through on that? Have you ever said, I will never do this again? I'll never do that again. God, I'll never do it again. And then fallen back into it. Ever done that? And so we're not bashing Peter this morning, but in a way all of us relate to Peter. We've all made a vow. We've all said, I'll never do it. We've all made a promise and then fallen back on the promise. Over in Matthew 26, down in verse 69, it goes on to say, now Peter sat outside the courtyard. Now this is after the scene that we saw this morning and the soldiers came and apprehended Jesus and they took him and put him before the priest. And it said that Peter sat outside the courtyard and a servant girl came to him saying you also were 
with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before all of them, saying, I do not know what you are saying. In other words, what are you talking about? It wasn't me. And when he gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, she wasn't even talking to him, she looked around and said, he, this man right here, he, he was with them. This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied it. This time, watch, with an oath. Anybody know what an oath is? If you ever look up the definition of an oath, an oath talks about uh, using God's name, using the name of God or a God. In other words, you ever heard the phrase, as God is my witness? You ever said that? It's what an oath is. As God is my witness, I did not know the man. Think about that for a moment. God is my witness. I don't know the man. He said it with an oath. Then, a little later, those who stood by him said, Peter, to him, surely you also are one of them. They said, for your speech betrays you. I, I know you might be an American, but I know you're from Georgia because the way you talk. <laughs> your speech betrays you, so I know that you were with him. He got so upset that the Bible says he began to curse and swear. And this is not the curse where I curse the ground that you stand on. This is bad word cursing. He cursed and swore saying, I do not know the man. Immediately, immediately, think about this. Immediately a rooster crowed and Peter remembered the word that Jesus had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so he went out and wept bitterly. How do you think Peter must have felt that he had just said, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. Moments later, he said with an oath, as God is my witness, I don't know the man. Soon as he said it, a rooster crowed and he was reminded. He was reminded of what he had said. How do you think Peter felt at that moment? I think it was worse than that. Over in Luke twenty-two sixty, this same account that Luke talks about it, he put it this way. He said, but Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. And then it says immediately, watch this now, while he was still speaking. He didn't even have the words all out. I don't know the blankety blank. Ca -ca -ca -ca. That's probably not a rooster, but. <laughs> That's my bad version of the rooster. But, but while he was still speaking, he hadn't got all the words out of his mouth. And the rooster began to crow. Who can do a good rooster? Anybody? No? No? What was it? There we go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> While he was still talking, the rooster crowed. How bad do you think he felt? Guess what? I think he was even worse than that. Because this goes on to say, not only, watch this. While he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. But watch this now. 
And the Lord turned and looked at him. Now, here's what I want you to remember. Here's what I want you to remember about this. They had grabbed Jesus from the garden of Gethsemane. And they beat him. They put a crown of thorns, as you know, on his head. So then blood would start dripping down. They were smacking him in the face. They blindfolded him and smacked him, smacked him and said, who did it? Who did it? Prophesy to us. They spat on him. They talked about him. The Bible also says in one passage that they began to beat him on the head with a reed after the crown of thorns was on his head. So now imagine this picture. And these courtyards in Jerusalem, I believe, were not very big, so he wasn't that far from Peter. Peter said, I don't know the blankety-blank man. And Jesus, with a bloody lip, blood coming down, eye closed, spit on him, turned and looked at Peter. Now how bad do you think Peter felt? Now how bad did he feel? So Peter made a vow to the Lord. I believe that we all have denied the Lord in one way or another. And there may be some of us who would say, I've never, I've never denied Jesus. I've never said I don't believe in him. I, mean, I might not go to church, you know, every week, but I've, I've never denied the Lord. Titus 1.16 says they profess to know God, but in their works they deny him. Say it with their mouth. You ever had someone tell you one thing, but their actions don't line up? You know, you say you love me. You say you support me. You say that you're on my side. But your actions are not lining up. And so I think that Peter, Peter had a revelation of who Jesus was, that he was the Messiah. He was the prophet. He was the one that they prophesied about, that he was going to come and deliver us. He's going to be a king. But I don't know that Peter really knew in his heart that Jesus was God, Emmanuel, manifest in the flesh with us. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. In Matthew 16, we know that Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And they all responded. And then he said, who do you say that I am? Peter was the first one to say, you're the Messiah. You're Jesus, you're the Messiah. And he said, this was not taught to you in the synagogue, paraphrasing. It's not taught to you by flesh and blood, but it was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. And so Peter had a revelation early on that Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus is the Messiah, but did he really know in his heart who Jesus was? I believe that something happened that changed in Peter between the time that he first said, you're the Messiah, and the time he left this earth. Because at the end of Peter's life, Many of us know it's widely held that he was crucified upside down at his request. You might say that's not in scripture, it's not. But it's in several historical documents, the Acts of Peter, an apocryphal writing written around 200 AD. There's another writing, the Church of Our Fathers by a historian that wrote about it. He requested 
to be crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy to be crucified in the same manner as Jesus had been crucified. Now he had a true revelation. Not that this was Jesus the prophet, but this is the almighty God. This is the breath of heaven. This is the breath of heaven. This is the one in whom the universe is consumed. This is the almighty God that I walked with, that I talked to, that I rebuked, that I ate with and drank with. This is the almighty God at the end of his life. And so that being the case, what changed? What changed from denial to sacrifice? John chapter 20. First 10 verses go this way. It says, Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved. And she said to them, They have taken away the Lord from the tomb. And we do not know where they have laid him. Peter went out and the other disciples and they were going to the tomb, and they both ran together. The other disciple outran Peter, getting to the tomb first. And he stooped down, looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there. Yet he did not go in. Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head wasn't lying with the linen cloths, but it was folded together in a place by itself, something happened. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed, and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own business. It says, now he looked in and believed. Did he not believe before? Something changed. There was something different. When Peter was first called by Jesus, him and his brother and some of the other disciples, pay attention to this now. Back in, in Luke 5, it says that Jesus called Peter and, and, and Simon, he was Simon at the time, and Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and have caught nothing. Jesus told him, let down your net again for a catch. This is right when he first called him to be a disciple he said nevertheless at your word I will let down the net when they had done this they caught a great number of fish as their net was breaking this was his first encounter really with Jesus over in John 21 after Jesus had resurrected watch this now Simon Peter was a little distraught. He had been through what he had been through. He had denied Jesus. The rooster crowed. Jesus looked at him. And now Jesus was gone. And Simon Peter said to his friends, I'm going fishing. I think he was going back to what he knew. I started out fishing three years ago. We've been through some good times. Been through some bad times. I'm going back fishing. That's what I know to do. They said to him, well, we're going with you also. 
They went out and immediately got into the boat. That night they caught nothing. They caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And he said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him and said, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast the net and now they were able to, they were not able to draw it in. Why? Because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, it's the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment and he plunged into the sea, swam the shore. My question is, when Jesus first encountered Peter, he told him, let down your net for a catch. We've been trying all night, we haven't caught anything. Yet at your word, I'll do it. After everything they'd been through for three years, and Jesus uh, died on the cross, resurrected, Peter couldn't find him. He went back fishing. Same miracle. Cast down your net. Nevertheless, we've done it all night. Nevertheless, at your word, we'll do it. Why did he perform the exact same miracle? I think it's because he was telling Peter, Peter, it's okay. You can start over. You can start over. I don't care what you've done. Who here, don't raise your hand, who here has done something worse than Peter? Maybe you feel like you have. Maybe you feel like you don't know what I've done, Brother Mike. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I said. You don't know what I stole. You don't know what I took. You don't know what I put in my body. You don't know what I've done with my body. You don't know. But I'm here to tell you this morning, I don't know how that can be worse than denying Jesus to his face after you walked with him, saw miracles, proclaimed that he was the Messiah by revelation, and then the rubber meets the road. He's beat and torn and in need of a friend. And you say, I don't know the blankety-blank man to his face. What you've done worse than that? If you would say yes, I would say you have a lot of pride. But Jesus did the same miracle and he said, I know what you've done. And guess what, Peter? You can start over. I died for your sin. I took the sin of the world, put it on my shoulder, all of it. All of the past sin, all of the sin you committed this morning, and any sin you might commit in the future, I already took it. I put it on my shoulder. By your stripes, by my stripes, he's saying, you are healed. Chastisement of your peace was upon me. Yes, Peter, I know what you feel terrible I know you feel terrible. I know you feel bad, but guess what? I took it all. Before I created you, I knew you was going to do it. Before I created you, I knew you was going to do it. I know what you're going to do next week. I know the bad things you're going to do two months from now, and I still love you. My love is already there waiting on you. When you do that bad thing and you ask me for forgiveness, it's already there. It's already done. 
That's what he's telling Peter. That's why he did the same miracle. So what happened? The resurrection took care of all of that. It's not just that Jesus died on the cross and what a horrible death it was. But the greatest event this world has ever seen, in fact, the greatest event this universe has ever seen is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It has not been performed before and it will never be again until you and I are resurrected to our new bodies. Come on, somebody. Oh, people have come back to life. I believe that. People have died and come back to life. But I'm talking about resurrected in a new body, not made with hands. Come on, somebody. Resurrection. And so now Jesus here in John 21, he, he, he tells Peter, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, that when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke signifying by what death Peter would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, now watch these words. Watch these words. John 21, 18 and 19. Watch these words at the end of this. He told him, when you were young, you went where you wanted to. When you're old, other people are going to dress you, take you where you don't want to go. He, he spoke this signifying what death that Peter would die and how he would glorify God. And after he spoke this, he said these words, follow me. Follow me. I've never seen those two words in this light before. When he first saw Peter, he said to him, follow me. And now at the end, right before he ascends, he tells Peter how he will glorify God. And now he says, follow me. He's saying to Peter, I need you to make a recommitment to me with fresh revelation. I'm asking you to follow me. Now, many of you here today may feel like Peter and you might say, I am following Jesus. I do follow you, Jesus. But look at this one last scripture, Matthew 26, verse 58. It says this. It says, but Peter followed him, watch this now, at a distance. Peter knew him. Peter knew him. But the Bible says he followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard. So I have a question for you this morning. Are you following Jesus at a distance? Maybe you're following him, but are you following him at arm's length? Are you afraid to be all in? Do you just want to go through the motions? God is asking you this morning, are you following me? from a distance.